Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Tuesday, September the 25th, 2012. This is episode number 119 of Purple Mafia. I am your host, Joey Weidner, Paladino Joey. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, who was kind enough to introduce me at the beginning of the introduction. That was, of course, Dylan Richardson, the executive producer of thesportstuff.com. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you, and I mean every one of you, always, for downloading and listening to this show. It is a terrific thing for me, and I I hope it means a lot to you as well to chime into this show. Thanks again. Well, we've got a busy show to to get to today, so i got to get moving right away. There is... uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy show, and uh, you can imagine so many reasons why. I mean, there are a million reasons. You got the 49ers, uh, yeah, the Vikings pulled off a, a victory against uh, the 49ers. Oh my god! <laughs> Little unprecedented uh, craziness. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings beat the uh, supposed best team. Okay, yeah, I guess right now you could call them about that. Best team in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. This previous Sunday, nobody saw it coming, and I mean, nobody saw it coming, even the most optimistic fans in the world couldn't have seen it, so of course there's a billion things to talk about. Yeah, I was slightly more active this week on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, I asked for you guys' involvement all the time, you know, I always ask for it, oh, you gave it to me this week, so I got a lot to get to, I'm going to get to everything, yeah, I'm going to get to everything, just because that's how I roll. We're not quite at the point yet where I have too much involvement where I can't get to everything, because eventually someday it may be way. Or I hope the show gets big enough that it gets to that point. But <laughs> but no, as of right now, yeah, I mean, I want to get to... I mean, I enjoy getting to everybody. I would hate to, like, not get to everybody. That's the one thing. So, thank you guys for your involvement. Of course, there were three, that's right, count them, three call-ins today. The number is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is, of course, Purple Mafia. That's right. Statement, shout-out, question, comment. Mostly, It's mostly statement and comment and all that. So, <laughs> but whatever you want, get in here and talk Minnesota Vikings, as long as it's fairly on top. We have call-ins are from Bryce. Bryce makes his second call-in to the show. Great to hear from you, Bryce. And, of course, these are in the order received. Uh, Anthony from L.A. returning again. And Sebastian Balls returning once again. Those are the... <laughs> that's the call-in Hall of Fame right there. You got Anthony and, and uh, Sebastian calling in once again. Terrific there. Great takes by all you guys. Can't wait to get to those. We're going to get to those very briefly here. Uh, the Facebook page, lots. And I mean lots of involvement by 
lots of people in there. You got the Twitter uh, interactions as well. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply go to that and click like. There you go. You can get involved on there. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show or at Purple Mafia Show, to be more frank, on Twitter. Give that a follow if you could. We'd appreciate it also very much. Let's go. Let's just talk football. Oh, by the way, yeah, there's a couple other topics, or at least one other topic to get to as well. When we get to the NFC North roundup, yeah, that Green Bay game. Yeah, the Packers lost, but they they won, but they lost, but they won, but they lost. And, of course, my yeah, my slightly immature attitude maybe last night, just kind of, you know, like, ha-ha, the Packers lost, ha-ha. At least they would, it's not like the Packer fans would, would tell us, you know, that we got screwed. They would just be like, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, you know. So hopefully I didn't annoy too many people with that, with my kind of, like, you know, less mature reaction. A, a, a little too much, yeah, there wasn't like cussing or anything, but just kind of a little bit rube-like, you could say. But I guess, what do you expect? <laughs> um, I think they compl- I mean, yeah. Up, up until this week, I would have told you that the replacing refs, people are being a little bit too hard on them, and it's way too much. It's being talked about too much, even though you guys may have a point out there. Lots of people, national, local, all that good stuff. You uh, Listeners to the show included. Um, like, yeah, would have said, like, you guys maybe are complaining about it too much. It's getting to be, it's getting kind of annoying. Let's just move on. I'm sure the real refs will be back soon. Life will go on and all that good stuff. But no, this past week was uh, very telling. And uh, Roger Goodell, yeah, let's, uh, Roger Goodell is under is under fire now. Because at minimum, at minimum, there were two games this weekend that should have been, uh, well, the outcome, I believe, should have been different, that the calls at the end of the game were so bad, they actually cost people the game. Two of the best teams in football, you could argue, the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. So yeah, we'll get to that as we continue. Um, I'll just say, well, with the Patriots, we're going to get more to the Packers later. Uh, I might as well just say this now real quick. The Patriots game, I personally believe that was a missed kick. It's kind of debated, but to me, it's like plain as... I, I believe it was a miss. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bill Belichick had reason to be frustrated, though, of course, the Patriots, yeah, should not have blown the lead that they had in that game, despite the fact I did pick Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. Well, I guess maybe Destiny will be on their side, and they will win the Super Bowl. Because, yeah, I'm going to say something about Green Bay later on. I, I had better remember it. I, I think I will. I feel more sharp now than I did the past two weeks. I'm healthier my voice sounds better. I'm not coughing as much. And two weeks ago, I was really sick still. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, gosh, you know, I, I had three colds in five months, guys. That's freaking... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had gone... Uh, there were times I'd gone three years with, with zero colds. So three months or five months, three colds. That's pretty weird. Especially when it's like summer months, like May, July, and September. Come on. You know, I got to be kind of simple. So enough of that. Let's just get to the call-ins, get to the game review. Game review will kind of merge with, uh, will be merged, of course, with the Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> and the NFC North Roundup, and then the preview for Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's going to be positive. And by the way, yeah, just a hint, I'm feeling a little better about the Vikings than I was just a couple days ago. <coughs> when, uh, yeah, Anthony was wondering, Anthony Ramelli was wondering, dude, what's going on? Why are you so down? <laughs> I mean, if there was a little chopping with the uh, audio there, but um, let's get to the call-ins, starting first with Bryce. 
Hey, it's, uh, for Joey Perpomafia, it's Bryce again. Um, wow, what a win. Um, I was surprised all last week talking about how we're going to lose the 49ers and something about that game right in the beginning. It just felt good and Ponder looked awesome and, uh, just what a great, what a great game. Good mood. Can't complain about the Vikes today. So we got to give them credit. Um, yeah, we should be three and all though, <laughs> but that's, that's something else. But anyway, I just want to say it was an awesome game and, uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing your podcast this week. All right, bye. And thanks again, Bryce. Welcome back to the show. Very cool. Um... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I certainly didn't see the Vikings winning this one either. Yeah, I mean, the common thread here, you know, Bryce going with the common thread here, Ponder looked awesome. And, yeah, I mean, no one saw this one coming. Christian Ponder was absolutely fantastic in this game. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get to a point very shortly about, well, obviously why the Vikings won in some ways. You know, obviously you guys know why the Vikings won. They outplayed the 49ers, I suppose. But, I mean, I'll kind of get more into a slight formula in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, thank you for thank you for listening to the show, Bryce. Keep keep calling in. Very cool. That was quick and to the point. That's actually appreciated because it's going to be a long show. We'll get to the get to the next caller here. This would be Anthony from LA. What's up, Joey? This is Anthony from LA. So, uh, man, what a game. Jeez. I'm here to call to try to convince you. I know you weren't, I don't want to say that you weren't happy with us, but I know you're not convinced. But here is why I'm convinced. That this team is going to win. I'm pretty sure they're going to win. We're going to win more than six games this year. We have our quarterback is seeing things clearly this year, finally. What is he, over 70% completion percentage? He's got time to throw the football. His offensive line is is the best in the NFC North, hands down. They manhandled the 49ers front front seven or whatever the heck they use over there. They had so many people rushing and blitzing, and they could not get to him. He was putting touch on that ball, floaties over the end zone, touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. First downs, Percy Harvin. It was, I was, I was shocked. I was in awe how easy he was making it look against the number one defense, the number one team to to go to the Super Bowl. Um, Blair Walsh. I mean, I, I like this is what I liked about the first half. They came out and they dominated. What sixteen play drive ending with a touchdown. That was huge. That set the tone for the whole game. And then going into halftime, 49ers kicking that field goal, getting blocked by Guyon, I think it was. Not sure if that was Guyon or not. Maybe you know for sure. But uh, blocking that field goal, usually the old Vikings, the last year Vikings, and every year before that, what do they do? They sit on that, and they just go into halftime all happy and come out of halftime kind of slumpy and and lethargic. What happens this Sunday? Block that field goal, drive down the field, here goes Blair Walsh, 50-some yard field goal, good. How about that? That's, that's huge right there. 17 to, going up 17-3 to three at halftime, 
they come in out of halftime. Yeah, the 49ers open up with that nice long kickoff, and I kind of got that feeling in my stomach, you know, like, oh, crap, what what the heck, they're going to start a little meltdown maybe. The 49ers score all of a sudden, 10-14. Nope. They play defense, man. They, they, they did very, very well today, all around. Defense stopping that run, stopping the 49ers run. The 49ers are built on that running game, and the Vikings... They stopped it, man. It was great. It was a great game. And thanks always for that call-in. Uh, thanks always for calling in. Anthony from L.A., always terrific. Uh, a lot of good points there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> trying to play the convincer card, huh? Well, I mean, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I didn't mean to sound uber negative on the Facebook page. It's just at the time, I was just kind of, you know, I was extremely quiet during the football game, mostly because, see, most people would assume it's like, yeah, 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 here we go. But no, it, I mean, seriously, I came into this season looking at this kind of like, uh, you know, I, I had virtually no expectations coming into the year. Um, the team was so bad last year. And it's like you figure they cannot going to, I mean, you can't fix everything at once. But yeah, the Vikings did fairly quickly improve, even under a terrible coach with Brad Childress, from 06 to 07, and I guess last year was 06, and this year's 07. Like, I was kind of hinting at earlier in the, you know, in the season preview, I was kind of saying this year's going to be eerily similar to 2007. Um, see, my concern is, I don't want everybody to think suddenly, all of a sudden, this is an 11-5 and team, you know, and who knows, you know, one of those who knows, man, type of deals. Now, with the way Destiny's starting to be on the Vikings' side and not on the side of the teams like Green Bay, Detroit, and such, and Chicago, you could argue, outside of that godforsaken um, <laughs> Indianapolis game, shoot, a point that I didn't even mention. I apologize, Bryce. Bryce, so yeah, we should be 3-0, and and I do agree, Bryce. Yeah, Vikings should be 3-0. They, There's no excuse for last week's game, and, of course, we got into that quite a bit <laughs> last week. The frustrations, you know, Anthony had a lot to say. Bryce had a or, Actually, Bryce didn't call into that one, but yeah, Anthony had a lot to say about that one, too. I remember that. Oh, no urgency. Um, you know, I still don't see a lot of urgency from this offense, yet at the same time, it was a hell of a lot better this week than it was against Indianapolis, which, again, is a mystery of the universe. And that's why, I guess, that's why, that's another reason why it's like, well, okay, we're scoring points. We're making big plays against San Francisco, the best defense in the league, yet we couldn't do... We couldn't tear up a, a horrendous team in Indianapolis. That uh, The same team that Jay Cutler just absolutely ob- obliterated a week before, yet couldn't score diddly against another bad defense in Green Bay. It's a, it doesn't make any sense to me. And quite frankly, it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yet, I guess, maybe we played to the level, level of our opponent. Maybe we're better than we thought, but, oh, but we was on the road and we're way better at home. And I had somebody say that to me on Twitter I forget who it is. I'll probably get to it later, maybe. But it's like, you know, you can't just go with the home road thing all the time. I mean, that's the cause. Come on. And these are Shepherds. This is San Francisco. The Oakland frickin' Raiders came into the Metrodome or Mall of America Field last year and pounded the living bleep out of us as if they were the same Raiders that, you know, the the autumn wind is a radar. You know? <laughs> they're not the autumn wind, ladies and gentlemen. They're, they're, they're you know what the uh, the Raiders are? They're the they're the autumn leaves that are getting mulched in a <laughs> in the lawnmower right now. That's what the Oakland Raiders are, at least until they play Pittsburgh this weekend. But yeah, anyhow, off track again like usual. 
yeah, I mean, the O-line is the best in the division. You know, uh, a year ago I would have laughed at that remark. Uh, I can't now. They're better, yeah. And Chicago's O-line is, uh, well, <laughs> Chicago's O-line is terrible. Look what they did to Jay Keller. Look at, you know, he got sacked seven times. Oh, Green Bay's offensive line. Well, they're really good. Yeah, they give up eight sacks yesterday against Seattle. And Detroit's offensive line, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, they got guys for Sherless who goes for Jared Allen's knee, but that's about it. That's about it. So, yeah, I, I guess we're the best line in the NFL. Yeah, they, they weren't exactly spectacular against the Colts, but they were spectacular against the better team. I, I, you know, it's like, do we have to get uber-motivated against a great team, but we can't beat a bad team? It's... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess we are the two in, I mean, 2007 Vikings. I'm still kind of, yeah. Think about it. The 2007 Vikings did show promise multiple times that year going on the road and pounding the, the uh, New York Giants, but then there was the massive letdown against the Washington Redskins a little later that year at home. As a lot of you guys probably do remember that, that was a huge letdown, and that actually knocked us out of the playoffs, technically. Not officially, but in a lot of ways, essentially it did. Um, yeah, I mean, Ponder is, uh, Ponder did make it look easy, as, as, uh, Anthony says, it, very good stuff. <laughs> Christian Ponder is, is, yeah, he's been extremely good the entire season so far. He actually has. Now, he was kind of a slow starter and a strong finisher in the first two weeks, um, but this week he was good from start to finish, honestly. Christian Ponder was uh, excellent pretty much the whole game. He wasn't perfect. He threw a uh, interception in the breadbasket of a uh, San Francisco defender who did not catch the ball, and well, that's T.S. to him, I guess. That's just how it goes. I mean, we've been there a hundred bajillion times, where we've had our safeties have the ball right in the breadbasket and don't bring it in. Yeah, that was a little frustrating at times. But again, it's like the same thing I feel about the Packers. We got screwed by the refs in the past before too, you know, including in Green Bay. So I'm not feeling too bad for them. But we'll continue again with that later. Um, yeah, the way the Vikings finished the first half, that was extremely impressive. Right when the Niners looked like they're starting to slowly kind of creep back into the game, we were able to make stops. Ponder and the Vikings had a huge, uh, had a strong drive with about five minutes to go, which finished with that awesome run that this is, you know, you didn't see coming. It was kind of a broken play, sort of broken player. The receivers recovered, so to speak. And Potter just said, okay, I'll just get going here. And then, well, he started breaking one tackle and then another and eventually ran it into the end zone. That was pretty awesome. And then a very strong finish. Again, getting the ball back. And <laughs> Blair Walsh is money. He is, he is a stud right now, kicker in the NFL. He's been perfect. And he's been hitting those 50-plus yarders. It's been very cool watching this young guy, Blair Walsh, kick as well as he had. Looks like the Vikings made the right choice. Six-round pick and cut Longwell, and Blair Walsh is pretty damn good. I mean, what what else can you say? It was absolutely awesome. And yes, Latroy Guyon, I mentioned that point, I was able to write that down. Latroy Guyon did get the block on the uh, on David Akers. I almost forgot his name. How could I forget that? That's a big name. Yeah, David Akers was blocked by Latroy Guyon, who also played better in this game. I ripped him last week. <laughs> This is a very clutch team. No doubt about it. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's, <laughs> I believe it was, his, yeah, it was his second touchdown in the back of the end zone. Much later in the game was a one-yarder. Very, very awesome. That was like the dagger. 
There is your dagger. Yep, like the Green Bay caller or Green Bay play-by-play uh, -play guy likes to say. All right, yeah, that was a great call-in. Thank you again, Anthony from LA. Yeah, that was a. I mean, that strong finish in the first half was very telling. That this Minnesota Vikings team is is for real, and uh, the the second half, the start to it was a bit scary. In fact, extremely scary. But Vikings made stops when they had to. Yeah, they did, and then they were very clutch as the game wore on. All right, uh, balls. What a game we had, right? I mean, I cannot believe we pulled off a win. Christian Ponder has lived up to what I've posted so far. I was right. If he has good protection, he can be elite. Those two touchdown passes, one to Rudolph, which probably should have been a pass interference either way, which would have probably offset and redo play, getting off topic, but those two touchdown passes were perfectly touched passes, amazing, incredible. I, I cannot run out of words for him in how he played this week. Now, Toby Gerhardt, on the other hand, yeah, cool, he made a good catch from Ponder, which was key, I think on a third down. Okay, cool. But hold on to the stupid freaking football, please. You know, like, Adrian Peterson again, like, NFC Championship game. Peterson is at least good enough to where he could run at 99 yards and make up for it without dropping it, hopefully. Toby Gerhardt can't run it two yards without dropping it right there. Twice. And then San Francisco just magically happened to have four to five timeouts and about 100 challenges that they don't actually have. I think Harbaugh is an amazing actor for how well he actually did that. Um, another point is I did bring up Rudolph earlier. He has really turned out to be something pretty dang good for us. And I think Carlson is actually a lot better blocking than most people thought. Uh, he was out there blocking on a couple plays that I saw that Ponder got some nice throws off too. So just wanted to bring up Carlson because I know we haven't talked about him much on this show. He's one of my favorite guys coming out of Seattle. Um, and that's pretty much all I've got to talk about. Uh, thanks for letting me call in. And I'll be listening. And I thank you again, Sebastian, for calling in. Yes, he actually didn't say his name at the beginning, but that's okay. He maybe did. I don't know if the let's say weird for the second time in a row. It seemed like something got cut somewhere, but I didn't do it. I don't know, <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, but yeah, that was Sebastian right there, of course. Christian Ponder, absolutely, you were right. You were right, uh, Sebastian. It was uh, very cool. He, he was amazing, and again, like I said before with uh, Bryce's call, that's the that's the common thread right now. Ponder was amazing, and Ponder is continuing to get better and better and better. And this is a guy that got a master's degree in four years, not six. Yeah, he's the quarterback of the team who's got enough. He's got more arm strength than than he than we, he showed last year. He looks a lot more orthodox out there than he did last year as well. Very very cool, very damn cool. Uh, yeah, you ripped Toby Gerhardt, and I agree with you. That's, uh, I think there's some more talking on the Facebook page. We'll get to that very soon here. Um, it's, yeah, it's probably going to be a longer show because there's a lot to get to, and good stuff as well. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it, by the way. Uh, yeah, Gerhardt. Huh. Yeah, uh, Bryce uh, didn't like Gerhardt all, oh so much when he last called in. And uh, 
I don't think anybody likes Gerhardt right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not defending him at all. I was very annoyed, very pissed off with him. Um, that was lame. Also, though, some of the first, his first fumble, though, you could easily argue he was down. You know, he should have been down with the forward progress. It was too much of a pile up or whatever. The I forget what the term is now. Where, you know, it's forward progress. The play's dead now. There's like 9,000 people clutching and grabbing and stuff, you know. And it's forward progress. Let's just move on. He should have, They should have been blown dead by that point, but it wasn't. He did fumble the ball, but still, yeah. I mean, he was pretty bad in the game. Absolutely. It was an, an abs- it was a complete joke. He lost two fumbles, and um, he officially lost two fumbles, but did fumble, I believe, three times. Lost possession, maybe even four an utter joke. And yeah, memories of Adrian Peterson in the NFC title game. Yeah. Of course, the challenges and timeouts at Carbaugh. I kind of almost got lost in the shuffle with that. It was, it was so weird. <laughs> Pardon me for that. I'm trying not to choke to death here. I, oh my god. Still having trouble with that. I don't know why. But, um, <laughs> let me get some water here. Yeah, anyhow. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of got lost in the shuffle of that. I was just like, no, wait, now what's going on again? He's challenging and timeouts. Yeah, again, replacing refs. I'd been nice to them, kind of. They're not going to be as good as the regular refs. And we all rip the regular refs, like, religiously all the time, which kind of got tiring as well sometimes. Like, okay, we can't just blame the refs for every little thing, can we? But, well, this weekend is kind of, it's getting worse and it seems like the negotiations with the the real refs, we'll call them, and the uh, National Football League is not getting much better. It's, uh, what the hell, you know? It's getting really weird. <laughs> and it's another one of those things, though, where I guess what can you do? It's, I guess we're going to just have to hope and pray to God that these uh, bad calls, we'll call them, don't continue to cost teams entire games here. This weekend was the worst so far. So, yep, so you're noticing uh, Carlson's a good blocker. That's encouraging because I, I guess that's his role right now. I didn't really know. I didn't really see John Carlson as a major blocker, but they did talk about that earlier when he was signed. So that's the good part. Um, he finally they finally was thrown to this weekend, and, of course, he didn't catch it. So I guess that's where we are with John Carlson. Yep, the urban legend, John Carlson. He just might be real after all. Yeah, he just might. So, yeah. I'll try to get to the Facebook page here. Oh, my God, there's so much. <laughs> As again, you know, we're going to just kind of merge the game review and the uh, Facebook page together. Um, yeah, I mean, we're generally talking about the game, right? Because we know when this happened, when that happened. I mean, overall, yeah, we're just commenting about the game. It's going to have to be that that way at this point because there's so much to talk to. Overall, I was talking about uh, on Facebook right after the game, the Facebook page, as I mentioned. That's where we're at right now. I said, I honestly don't know what to make of the game today. I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, we played so poorly in Indianapolis that I refuse to get excited yet about this team. Sure, we were very close to being 3-0, and but right now... <laughs> No one is going to convince me this is a good football team just yet. And, uh, yeah, Anthony from L.A. comes back with, come on, Joey, the Vikings played so good today. Let's be positive. We just beat the best team in the league, and we beat them good. Their D looked average. 
against Ponder, and Ponder picked them apart. It's uh, amazing. Oh. <laughs> Sebastian is messaging me right now. That's hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> so there's a live uh, shout out to Sebastian. He messages <laughs> me right now. Yeah, it's okay because I have it open Facebook, you know. So, oops, uh, what can you do? Uh, anyhow, so there's a shout out to you. <laughs> we'll just leave it as there. I mean, why not? It makes the show more fun that way. But yeah, Spawn, he, yep. I mean, Anthony making good points there. And yeah, I didn't mean to rain on everybody's parade. I hope I didn't annoy anybody. It's just, you know, like I said, I can't get too excited yet because it's one of those deals. And like I said, I'm still sticking with, I think this is 2007, not 2008. And not that the 2008 Vikings were all that great, but they did pull off a division title and make the playoffs and all that. Yet, yeah, I, 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 I'm not ready to say this team's going to win 10 games. Though, I do believe they can, of course. But, I don't know, it's the lack of consistency right now that tells me, nah, you know, <laughs> 2007. I think, uh, you know, 8-8 eight and eight is much more likely than 10 or, or 11 or whatever. Some people might really believe this team could win 11 games. If they do, great, but I'm just not ready for that yet. Get back, you know, we beat Detroit, okay, we'll move up to 9 wins. You know, yeah, that might, you know, at, at, you know 9 is a strong possibility at that point. And so on and so forth beyond that. We win in Detroit. Things are going to get real interesting. In fact, I just might be picking that. But, yeah. But they still have to do it. You know what I mean? Picking them to win and them actually doing it is another. <laughs> Again, you know, like not trying to uh, win anybody's parade. And, yes, the victory was well-deserved. Anthony Familiar agrees with that part, saying it was very well-deserved. We got the Lions next week, and we owe those bastards from last year. Three and one, here we come. And like I was just saying, I sure hope so. I sure hope it's three and one, and we absolutely do owe them, because the way things uh, finished in that game were was pretty dang ridiculous. You know, I probably should have moved over to the other part first. Why am I talking about the close of the game? But anyway, that's okay, though. Cedric Paulding says, it was nice to see the, the Vikes play with such physicality. They really beat up San Fran today. I totally agree with you, Joey. I want to set this see this for one more <laughs> for more than one game why is it not Ponder is balling AP is looking great does Frazier ever get upset those refs for killing us the last five minutes but great win either way yeah I mean Frazier I don't know if he's capable of being upset though maybe he is the way he was cut McKinney so easily um, yeah good thoughts though uh, uh, Cedric so yeah I mean I'll, I'll get to this point right now and it's going to be the title of the show as well. We beat them at their own game. Plain and simple. The Minnesota Vikings beat the San Francisco 49ers at their own game. Holy crap, Batman! Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just said it, and I can't believe I said it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? The Vikings beat the 49ers at their own game. How the hell did we just beat the best team in the league at their own game? Uh, we just did, that's all. <laughs> you know, I, I can't explain it, honest to God. I mean, I guess the ability's there. The ability is there. So maybe that's where a guy, uh, the Anthony from L.A.'s can come in and say, hey, man, what are you talking about, Joey? Six wins my butt. This team's going to win 9, 10, 11, God knows what beyond that. <laughs> Games. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't know why I'm doing that. I personally don't believe this team has the personnel to win that many games. 
but Ponder's that good, and yeah, Simpsons coming along. I actually made a complaint about, oh, I wish I got to this earlier, but yeah, Jarius Wright hasn't even played one game yet, which is really frustrating to me, and uh, Sebastian made a comment saying, well, he's going to get, he's going to play less when, uh, you know, he's going to be even, he's going to be less available when Simpson comes back, and I'm like, well, yeah, he's not playing now, so he's definitely not going to play when Simpson comes back. So I kind of think that fourth round pick is looking pretty crappy. Like the fourth round in general right now is looking pretty crappy for the Vikings. At one point, it looked like the more exciting part of the draft. Like here we go, like the heart of the draft, so to speak. You have Jarius Wright taken. Looked like he might be a fairly explosive and versatile receiver. Kind of like Harvin, but a little different. Maybe a little more wide than Harvin. Like wide out than Harvin rather than in the middle area where it's more physical. I think a more wide and explosive. And of course, a uh, another option of kick returner because you don't want to kill, you know, you don't want to kill Percy Harvin, you know. Shoot, because <laughs> stuff happens sometimes. But none of it, none of it, man. Jerry's right. There is urban myth, the urban myth of this week. You know that might be or urban legend. Excuse me, that might be a new bit if I can remember to keep doing it. The the weekly urban legend to me, it's Jerry's right. Yeah, because John Carlson's not an urban legend right now. He. They actually threw the ball to him once, and he made some good blocks in the game. So, <gasps> yep, so that urban legend, as for now, has been proven to be real. Jarius Wright remains an urban legend. So there's the this week's urban legend for episode 119. I'm going to try to keep that bit going, if I can remember. I, I You know, there's so much, so many variables to the show right now, at least especially this week. It's kind of hard to remember stuff sometimes, as organized as I try to be. You know, it's... Easier said than done sometimes, because there's a lot of comments this week. Oh my god, there are a lot of comments. Alright, you know, I had this set up perfectly, and I bumped it. But we'll continue. So, yep. The biggest key, though, I mean, the sign that this team was, you know, is making more, is making strides versus last year, of course, and even possibly versus the Indianapolis Colts game and even the Jaguars game that we did win barely, was the very first touchdown of the game thrown by Christian Potter because it was on a fourth and two. It was on a fourth and two, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, it's not the guttiest thing in the world to go for fourth and two. I mean, Adrian just could not seem to penetrate these Niners, at least until very late in the fourth quarter when we were finally able to run the clock down because Adrian was breaking through. Gerhardt sure the hell wasn't, but Adrian was. Um, Adrian, yeah, struggled again a bit because just San Francisco's run defense is that good. They're awesome, yet the Vikings' run offense was better than anybody else's in several years (laughs) against this team, San Francisco. Um, But anyhow, he couldn't get through. Got to fourth down, it's like, oh God, please tell me it's not going to be one of those deals where we hand off to Adrian, he gets stood up, and we just completely blew a great drive. It's just a complete wash. And how many times has that happened for the Vikings? You know, we've had a lot of fourth and goals go down the toilet. Instead, it was an absolutely gorgeous pass to (laughs) Kyle Rudolph, who was definitely emerging in a big way. Beautiful completion. Ponder, better than Rudolph though. Yeah, Ponder is the bigger star than Rudolph in this game and this year in general. Rudolph just happened to be the recipient though he did make a great catch in both situations. Yeah, not trying to down uh, Rudolph too much. A great fourth down conversion. There it goes and Sebastian Balls mentions that yeah, Ponder, nice fourth down TD and there's no doubt about that. It was gorgeous. Uh, There was no response to that one. 
so we'll continue very quickly here. Sebastian Ball is very busy, as usual, on Facebook. He says, I think it's good we lost last week. We changed things. <laughs> we changed things, looked back, and said, okay, what happened? Now I know... Hmm. Now I know where. Uh, what happened now? I know where. Only half time, but we look better. Let's pray it lasts, and it did. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, I was I was afraid, and yeah, San Francisco did make a pretty strong push in that third quarter, and it didn't look good for as in a lot of ways, as uh, Sebastian alludes to right here. He says, um, he says, here we are, game slipping from our fingers, and. Yeah, it was getting pretty. It was getting pretty scary. The third quarter, San Francisco was kind of playing their game more, and uh, things dramatically changed. Though after that, and we did pull it off. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Dan Taylor saying Skull Vikings and such. We'll come back to that later because those are post game. I should have saved the other part for that, but we'll save that. We'll get to some of the Twitter interactions during the course of the game. Yeah, I ranted about the Jarius right already. Um, <laughs> Dan Taylor, Daniel Taylor, of course, UK, says, okay, yeah, and it's at Dan Taylor 26, of course, all one word. He says, this week, it's not about if we lose, it's just how bad it will be, yep. And that's what we were all thinking, man. That's what we were all thinking. Yes, sir. I, uh, made a tweet at one point early on saying, why can't the Vikings always be this good? And that was retweeted by a few people. Appreciate that. Holly Brooks at Hollybird is her name. Hollybird, of course, one word as well. No underscore or any of that. Says Jim Harbaugh, or yeah, she retweeted part of what I said and then continued. I said Jim Harbaugh is the funniest guy to watch in the league because he is. I mean, every time there's any type of call against Jim Harbaugh, he kind of does a I don't know, he does like a Jim Carrey or something. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, she says, as I call him, Bad Brother Number One. So that's his nickname, according to Holly Holly Brooks. Uh, bad, bad Brother Number One. Dan Taylor continues saying, wow, didn't see that coming. Potter might replace Harvin as my next jersey buy at this rate. Yeah, I mean, the great passes, that great fourth down pass by Ponder to uh, Rudolph, yeah. And you know what, Dan? I'm yeah. Of course, you're listening. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would recommend a Ponder jersey. Uh, if you like to have a, I usually get the quarterback, not receivers or running backs. I usually get quarterbacks if I'm going to get a jersey. Yeah, I would highly recommend Christian Ponder right now. I honestly think that, you know, when you're going to get the media guides over the next five to ten, maybe even fifteen years from now. Christian Ponder is most likely to be on the cover. Even, you know, as great as Percy Harvin is, and I absolutely think he is the MVP right now, but you know what? Christian Ponder is going to be the face of this team. I mean, they're, they're, they're right now, there's no doubt about it. Um, and Ponder, you know, ultimately you're going to see Ponder and Harvin as, uh, on that media guide, along with the Adrian Petersons and uh, maybe, unknown, you know, the, the next great receiver on this team. But Christian Ponder is going to be the first name you hear. I mean, there are a lot of great players on the Green Bay Packers. There were a lot of great players on the in, in 1980s 49ers and the 2000 New England Patriots and all that. But Tom Brady, Joe Montana, guys like that, they were they were the main guy that you remember most in Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, Brett Favre as well. Aaron Rodgers the cockiest dude in the league right now, I think. <laughs> One of them. 
Oh, yuck. He is a one cocky looking dude. He, he just looks cocky. <laughs> but, um, totally off topic there. And um, But, uh, yeah, the quarterback, to me, uh, is the face of the franchise. If, if he's as good as, if Ponder's as good as we're seeing right now, there's no doubt he's going to be the face of this franchise. Absolutely. Um, yep, he's led the league in, in uh, field goal percentage coming into the game at 76.2. One thing I think that helps bloat it, and this is no this is no way to take anything. To, I'm not trying to take anything from Ponder here, but, I mean, a lot of those passes are just those simple little hike and pass, pass the ball sideways to Percy Harvin, who's just standing at the line of scrimmage just waiting for the ball. That does kind of help boost the percentage a little bit. So let's just be honest here. Let's be objective about that. Holly Brooks comments again saying that it's the perfect nickname for Jim Harbaugh, calling him the bad brother number one, and calls, uh, she continues in another tweet right after that saying that, um, she says, thank you very much when I said it's good, that's funny, and and she says his brother is bad brother number two. (laughs) So yeah, it's, uh, you got coaching brothers, coaching very good teams, and they're very good coaches. Justin in Rochester, who actually did join the Facebook page this week. I appreciate that, Justin. Very cool. Yeah, he, uh, there he goes. Justin in Rochester. Manning up to uh, the fact that Greenway did play very well as both of us have been heavy critics of Greenway for a while, for years. And um, Greenway played a great game. In fact, maybe his best game of the year. Or, best game of the year, yeah. But, I mean, best game maybe ever. Um... He says, Greenway, nice play. Where have that been the last season and a half? Yeah. He, uh, Greenway played very good in this game, by the way, as did Jasper Wrinkley and others. It was amazing. In fact, pretty much everybody played good in this game. Uh-huh. And I mentioned that, uh, yeah, I was mentioning that, you know, Adrian Peterson's struggling a little bit. Matthew Jury says he will against this deep. Holly Brooks still talking about the nicknames. That's funny. She loves it. Saying that uh, he's nowhere near what his brother is, but still the nickname stuck. Yeah, meaning that uh, John Harbaugh's not as crazy as uh, Jim Harbaugh. And yeah, I agree. John Harbaugh's a lot more mild-mannered. And uh, I think he's going to be the one hoisting the Lombardi, not uh, Jim. Though they both might be in that game. We'll see. <coughs> Dan Taylor also talking about Greenway and others. Um, he's talking about Ponder. First, though, he says, I never want to hear anything from anybody about Ponder not being our quarterback of the future. Super accurate and a great runner. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yep, Christian Ponder is absolutely the quarterback of the future now. I was horrified about the possibility of him becoming, and I've said this a billion times, but I'll just say it one last, one last time. I'm going to lay it to rest, at least for the time being. Hopefully, I'll never have to say it again. Because it's like, you never know, but hopefully I'll never have to say it again. Like last year, I thought he resembled a Rex Grossman type. And I was praying to God that wouldn't happen. Because obviously, it's just your first year. You hopefully get out of it. Rex Grossman never did. Ponder appears to be beyond getting out of it. Like, he is really coming out of that baby skin right now and looking like a legit quarterback in this league. Dan Taylor continues saying, Nice to see Greenway make some legit tackles for once. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, beautiful stuff. I commented at one point that um, when the Vikings took a 17-3 lead at the half, I said, who feels safe? Me? Never. 
And I said, yeah, I mean, I don't blame anybody for not feeling safe at that point. I certainly didn't. Dennis, it was at Kramer 9 guy, so I'm guessing Tommy Kramer. <laughs> but uh, he says, not safe but comfortable. Got it like that. Phil also adds to it. It's a, boy, social, social gen Phil, at social gen Phil. Says, never, our secondary is too bad. Mm-hmm. Dan Taylor continues with, I've watched the team blow way too many leads ever to relax in this game. My heart is pounding. He uh, That was his response as well. Taylor says, Rudolph is a beast. Yeah, and he was. Great play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ponder got rid of the ball in time and threw a beautiful pass to Rudolph late in that game. Great one-handed catch. That ended up being the dagger. Taylor saying Rudolph is a beast. Matt Emer says we're making him look good today. That is being, uh, oh yeah, Kyle Williams. Yeah, because I was complaining we're giving up all these long returns to him. And we'll look at that real quick. He had some, uh, his kick returning was pretty frustrating to be honest. Kyle Williams averaging it, well, 12 yards? That doesn't seem right. That's got to be more than that. Uh, no, and it wasn't. That was on his punt return. Uh, 12 yards is his average. 16 was as long on the punt returns. But on the kick returns. Yeah, his kick returns, he had a 72-yard return. Or actually, that was his average and two kick returns. So, yeah, that tells you. He had a 94-yard return. Luckily, that didn't amount to all too much. I believe the Niners got a field goal out of it. Huh. Good stuff. Vikings were able to shut the... Yeah, and yes, they did. They only got a field goal out of it. He had another big kick as well in the game. Just... That was a 50-yard return, so that tells you something. Kyle f- cough up the NFC Championship game. Williams was able to get that. And yeah, Emer's saying we made him look good today. He says he knows nothing what's going on about the refs. Didn't hear him anything in England. And yeah, you know, he's wondering what's going on with the refs. And yeah, the truth is, yeah, the refs, unfortunately, is, well, we're still waiting. Unfortunately, we are still waiting um, as to, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell him. We're, they're still miles apart and nothing's happening. So that's where things stand, Matt Emer, right now with the refs, the real refs, so to speak. That's frustrating. I believe we're getting near the end of the returns or replies here or mentions. Justin Rogers are saying the Vikings... Okay, the special teams coverage sucks and have for a while, I agree. <laughs> There's no way to really go against that. It's uh, been one of those days. Greenway was great. And uh, <laughs> Justin Rogers are saying he clearly motivated Chad Greenway. Yeah, I think he must have. Oh, boy. Yep, there is a lot of stuff going on here. Way almost too much. <laughs> Uh, I was just, I couldn't believe the Vikings lost to the Colts. I was talking about that. Farzine Vasugian, I've got to mention this one. He says, you you guys are trying to suck for luck, except literally. See what I did there? But wow, the Vikings worked the 49ers today. And yes, those Kansas City Chiefs took out the Indian, uh, excuse me, the um, New Orleans Saints, put them to 3-0. Thank you very much for that. I believe Farzine's listening. It was just one of those days. Hannah Shelton saying penalties will kill you. That was last week, and yes, they did. She was responding to that. And yeah, this is a point that I wanted to get to as well. 
about uh, that. I'm, I'm, uh, another reason why I was a little afraid about the Vikings. Um, not, uh, you know, you know, you can't get too excited about the Vikings just yet because, well, even good teams lose to bad teams because the Vikings got pounded by the Arizona Cardinals in in Arizona in 2009. As you remember that very well, uh, Rochester Rochester responds with a. Uh, Basically, that yeah, we also lost to the Panthers and the Bears. Yeah, they sucked as well that year. So yeah, I mean, it happens. I hope that's not what the the case for the Vikings right now. I think they looked, you know, when when you know when you really think it over and you sleep on it, so to speak, which I have the past two nights. The Vikings, uh, you know, I think they're better than you know they're better than that. They're more they have a more legit quarterback and and I guess the linebackers are good. I'm kind of wondering about that still, but. We'll see what's happening there. <sighs> oh. And there are a couple of tweets about the Packer game. Yeah, now I can finally close this here. Um, the Packer game last night. We'll just say this really quick. I was complaining about how, okay, I get it that it was an interception. Let's move on. Christopher. Batsik. Oh, I can't say it right. Batsik. Christopher Batsik says that be pre- <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name there. I he may be a listener. He says be be prepared to hear about it for the next week. And yeah, unfortunately, and uh, Justin Rochester responds to me saying, "Well, would any Packer, you know, give a crap about the Vikings if we were in their situation?" Of course, the Packers robbed of a victory last night on a final play by uh, Wilson of Seattle hoisting the ball into the end zone, which was clearly a well. It was two guys wrestling for the ball. Generally, Jennings and Golden Tate. And no, not the receiver Jennings, the uh, safety Jennings in Green Bay. Receiving for, uh, wrestling for the ball. Jennings clearly had a major advantage in possession of that ball. Tate barely had a hand on the ball. Jennings had both arms around it. Unfortunately, the replacement <coughs> refs, I'm still having trouble breathing. Replacing refs. Calling it a touchdown anyway. Seattle wins the game. And the play was reviewed, and Seattle still won the game, and no one's understanding why. So Justin Rochester responds with that the Packers would be laughing all the way to their hangover at the Vikings. They wouldn't feel sorry for us. So yeah, we'll get back to that very shortly. Kind of briefly move around the game here some a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Greenway had two sacks in the game. Jerry Allen finally got his first sack of the year. But no, the Excuse me. <clears throat> Jamarcus Sanford forced a fumble in this game, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, Mistral Raymond, yeah, the reason why Jamarcus Sanford got a ton of playing time, Mistral Raymond had what I believe was a broken ankle. It turned out to be a bruise instead. So, very cool. Still going to miss a few weeks, but not going to be like a season killer or, you know, half a season killer or anything like that. So, congratulations <laughs> to Jamarcus Sanford dodging a bullet there. Jamarcus Sanford, excuse me, Mistral Raymond dodging a bullet there. Uh, speedy recovery would be nice there. Um, another, yeah, I mean, it's it's very cool to see him come out of that okay. Mr. Raymond has played fairly well this year. He's playing okay. He's kind of a band-aid, but maybe, but it's only his second year. Maybe he can develop into something. I guess he's better than Schumacher Sanford, but Sanford was, he, he, he played his best game as, as maybe as a Viking. Maybe. I mean, he made some good tackles. He forced a fumble of, I don't think it was Gore. Gore did fumble in the game, 
But I do believe the 49ers' other running back fumbled as well. And no, he didn't. It was Gore. Frank Gore knocked the ball out. A great play by Mr. Uh, excuse me, I can talk. Uh, Mr. Jamarcus Sanford. Just a, a big play. I mean, I can't believe Jamarcus Sanford was able to pull that off considering what he's been over the course of a long period of time. A great game. Another pass deflection for Harrison Smith. That's three games, three pass deflections. Very cool indeed. Josh Robinson with his first interception in the NFL. He also deflected a pass. He's seeing significant playing time in this game as well, and he played very well. So third round pick Josh Robinson seeing the most significant action in his in his young career, and he played he played very good. Um <laughs> But no, Greenway, I think Greenway and Jasper Brinkley both played out of their minds. They were very physical. They were awesome. The whole game, LaCroix Guyon was very physical. uh, Kevin Williams also deflected a pass very nicely in the game. He was all over the place. Anton Winfield was excellent. And I'm going to say this again, as as this is the title of the show, episode number 119. The Minnesota Vikings beat the 49ers at their own game. And they they played extremely physical. They attacked the quarterback. They hit people hard, I guess, but actually made quality tackles in significant or in in, uh, in in significant times in the game, and they did it very frequently as well. Chad Greenway was able to stand people up. Bob, there were some times where Greenway had to turn around to make a tackle. That doesn't necessarily mean he sucks, but it also means it's not like a full, like a super quality tackle where you stand somebody up or even push them back. You know, like put or tackle them. Uh, for a loss, which is the best thing you can do, tackle for loss, but uh, hey, Greenway played excellent, Brinkley was absolutely awesome in the game as well, Greenway, Brinkley, Sanford, those guys all played good in this game, there were very, there were really few times in this game where you could just say, man, that was a sucky, sucky play, speaking of sucky, Alex Smith and Randy Moss, I think were the goats, two goats this week, honestly, I mean, Alex Smith, it just seemed like he couldn't complete a pass. Randy Moss, as usual, couldn't seem to put... I I, I, I didn't see 100% effort from the guy, you know, as usual. I, I did not see 100% effort from Randy Moss. I'm sorry. The guy, I mean, Randy Moss, by all accounts to me, is... Well, he's just, he's just good enough to be in the NFL. You know, right now, he, I think he's just a guy. <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, he, he's just another guy in the league right now. He's kind of like Harry, uh, I almost called him Harrison Smith. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, Marvin Harrison. He's kind of like he's kind of like Marvin Harrison was late in his career, where he was just kind of uh, uh, an, uh, another guy, nothing special. It, it, it's just getting to that point with the guy. He's just good enough to be in the league. Um, Alex Smith, though, he was inaccurate at times. Uh, Kyle Williams, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy is a joke. You know, he it seemed like there was miscommunication with him and Alex Smith the whole time he was actually playing wide receiver, not a kick returner. I think he sucks, really. I mean, he, he's he's just a meant he's a screw up. I'm, I'm shocked the 49ers kept him after what he did to them last year in the NFC title game. You know, the Vikings kept Adrian Peterson despite the fact he screwed up the NFC title game for them, for us, so to speak, them, us, whatever. Um, because he's Adrian Peterson and he's a superstar. Kyle Williams is like a 200 yards a season receiver, you know, in this league. He's like a fourth guy. He's just a guy. And 
they kept him. And, you know, him and Alex Smith couldn't connect on anything to save their life. Uh, and again, I think I think Alex Smith is the undoing of the 49ers if they don't win the championship in the next three years. Alex Smith is the undoing. Because he's just, to me, he's just not that good. And um, sometimes you don't need the best quarterback in the league to win a Super Bowl. Sometimes you just need a decent quarterback. Is Alex Smith enough? Maybe. But <laughs> I'll tell you, on Sunday, he was not. And that was very much ex- uh, exploited by the Vikings defense and just the overall inability for the 49ers to get things, the 49ers offense to click in that football game. <coughs> was it overconfidence? I have no idea. Was it the 13th or, <laughs> not 13th man, 12th man in the audience? I don't know. I think it's a combination of things that Smith, he's just not that good, you know. To me, and forgive me, it was bad. Uh, uh, to me, Alex Smith is just another guy, man. He's just a guy. I keep saying that. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers still could easily win the Super Bowl, though. A- absolutely. Though, uh, you know, I'm beginning to wonder who's going to win the NFC. I really am. Could it be the Giants? Could the Giants actually go out there and win the NFC still? Atlanta's doing their usual, you know, regular season bullcrap with their 27-3 crushing of San Diego. I don't trust Atlanta any more than I trust anyone else. I don't think the Bears... uh, I think the Bears are a playoff team. And, yeah, we're kind of slowly going to merge here into the NFC uh, North. But I'm still kind of talking about San Francisco as well. But, um... Man, you know, it's really hard to pick who's going to win the NFC. It really is. And I'm about to say something about Green Bay here very, very soon. Right now, gosh, it might be the Giants. <laughs> right now, the Giants look like the, the best team in the NFC. Uh, you know, you could probably stick with San Francisco, though, because i got to think they're going to rebound here, and they're going to win maybe three, four, five, six games in a row after this game much as you like him or hate him, Jim Harbaugh is a damn good football coach. And I gotta think, Alex Smith can play better than he did in this game. He just wasn't accurate. He wasn't sharp. I don't know. Maybe the Vikings exploited something about the 49ers. And, uh, boy, it's sure gonna make the Vikings coaching staff look damn good, if, if that's the case. Uh, but I have no idea what's gonna happen. But I, I think right now, San Francisco and New York look like the two favorites in the NFC. <laughs> As you can, yeah, you notice a certain green and gold team is missing. Yeah, and, and there's a damn good reason why they're missing, and I'm getting to that very shortly here. As, yeah, we better get on with it, since this is already uh, about an hour long here, and we still got next week's game to preview, which, eh, it's going to be a nice little conversation there. So, NFC North, uh, NFC North Roundup. Briefly, we'll uh, well, well. First, we'll start with the D- the Detroit Detroit football. Okay, Detroit uh, Lions heading to Tennessee in a thriller. That was a forty-four to forty-one loss. Um, uh, another re- potential replacement, or I don't know, you, a, a real ref would make the same potential mistake, of course, because it's debated already by. Um, Jay Day, that being Justin in Rochester, Justin Day, uh, he also made the, uh, he, he dis- disagreed with me thinking that th- there was a play with Detroit, I believe it was a fourth down, 
throw to yeah, it was throw to Nate Burleson, who I thought had full possession of the ball, but the ref said no, is that when the ball was knocked out of his hands by the Tennessee defender, and the guy had the ball, and then it was blown dead. And it's like hey, I thought he had the ball for a while. J Day says no, he was down. It was a bang bang play, or it was an incomplete pass, which is just a bang bang. So he dropped it. So that's debatable. But it, yeah, because I mean that was the play right before the touchdown, the deep. I mean it was right before, right before the deep throw by uh, the Detroit quarterback named Sean freaking Hill. Yeah, he made a deep pass completion. <laughs> quarterback rating of one fifty seven point nine for Sean Hill. By the way, two touchdowns, ten of thirteen. Just an offensive juggernaut by both Stanford, Stafford, and Sean Hill in this game, making Tennessee's defense look like garbage. Jake Locker was incredible as well in the game. Not making Detroit's defense look good either. Um, It was a touchdown pass that ended up going to Titus Young. 46-yard touchdown at the buzzer, so to speak, to tie the game to send it into overtime, but unfortunately for the Detroit Lions, it didn't work out. Tennessee was able to finish things off with a field goal. By Rob Bryanis, a 26-yard chip shot. So Detroit unable to win. They are now one and two. They were a bit upset, you could tell. Um, you know, I should have reviewed this. I should have previewed this one last, but yeah, we'll get to it later. But just saying that was a 44 to 41 deal. There, we'll get back to that game. I'm not going to do what I did last week. <laughs> not going to do what I did last week. The Chicago Bears defeat. The St. Louis Rams, it's just kind of like what Detroit did uh, two weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, the season opener. It's like, eh, it's a 23-6 to win for Chicago. Actually a decent game, making the Bears' defense look pretty good. Obviously only giving up two field goals in the game overall. Nobody on St. Louis seemed to do much. Michael Bush looking the part here, having to fill in for the injured Matt Forte. And Michael Bush, you know, there, there you go. That's that's depth there. And finally, as the for the third year in a row, the Chicago Bears signed what a lot of what everybody'd believe was a legit uh, backup running back. For a couple years ago, they signed Chester Taylor. That was 2010. They got Chester Taylor. 2011, they got um, you know, it's like uh, yeah, they got they got uh, Chester Taylor 2010 and 2011 after giving up on Chester Taylor, because he did absolutely nothing for the Bears. Just nothing. They get Marion Barber, who also did, didn't do so hot last year for the Bears, unfortunately. But now they get Michael Bush. And there you go. That depth paid off in a nice way. It sure did. And um, the Bears pull this thing off. Michael Bush getting a touchdown early on, on the goal line. But a... Uh, Pick six, a major right of Sam Bradford was a was pretty much the dagger for the ball game for the St. Louis Cardinals. No, St. Louis. <laughs> I'm just teasing. St. Louis Rams. Pick six thrown by Sam Bradford, pretty much costing them. And the Bears are now two and one, tied with the Minnesota Vikings for first place. So Bears probably feeling a hell of a lot better themselves about themselves right now than they did just a mere week ago. Jay Cutler, though, again not that impressive in the game. Quarterback rating of 58.9. Completion percentage um, under 55%. Completing 17 of 31 for a mere 183 yards. No touchdowns and one interception. 
Yeah, he played against Jeff Fisher. And, um, well, it's not Greg Williams anymore, is it, in St. Louis? No. So, I don't know. I guess St. Louis' defense is better than advertised. And they have been fairly stingy. Fairly stingy thus far this year, the St. Louis Rams. But, well, the Bears pulled it out. Good for them. We won a game at home while playing poorly. So, good for them. They are now 2-1. and one. And, yeah, the main event. Yeah, what do you think it is? Green, yeah, Green Bay did play last night against the Seattle Seahawks, who have a very cool new uniforms. I already talked about the final play of the game. <laughs> hey, 14 to 12, folks. That's my point here when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, who are now one and two. By the way, Seattle is now two and one. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Pete Carroll's retarded, by the way. Just so you guys know, if you didn't figure that out already. All he had to do was just kind of watch. Yeah, I mean, the guy looked like a kid. Jumping around like crazy. Acting like he just won a game against, you know. You didn't win the game, dude. You got handed the game by with a, with a mistake. Oh, and I got to read to Tony Coleman. So I don't know why I didn't see it. But, yeah, we'll get to that um, right now. In fact, that's actually why I saved it. It's for this moment. I'll read it right now so I don't forget. Because that would be uh, just a damn shame. <laughs> that would be a damn shame. There were a couple of quotes, actually, real quick. Post-game quotes. Sebastian Balls. So I'll save the Packer thing for a couple seconds. Sebastian Balls says, First NFC North team to beat the Niners. Suck at Packers. Who's talking bleep now? Dan Taylor says, Skull Vikings. <laughs> yep. And yeah, it makes the Packers look bad, doesn't it? Because they got beat pretty good by um, the Niners at home. Dan Taylor, with his final call, talk about the game here quick, says, So everyone expected us to win, right? I didn't give us a chance <laughs> to win this at all to win this game, so I'm happy to be wrong. Ponder played his best game as a Viking. The defense played better than I've seen for a long time, especially Greenway, who was crushing people all over the field. And we actually had a good had good play calling, including a great fourth and goal. Really, it was the perfect game, except for the god-awful refs in the end. Toby Gerhardt trying to play himself off the team. Seriously, five timeouts and three fumbles at the end. Absolute madness. Anyway, let's all just enjoy this win over the best team in the league. And from now on, there is no game we can't win. And yeah, I mean, I'm um, that was fantastic. I mean, there's nothing I need to add to that. That was a very well said by Dan Taylor. Terrific stuff. As always. So now we'll get to that Packer game. Tony Coleman. I just had to make sure I didn't forget what was said there. Those were some good quotes. Tony Coleman. And I don't know why this thing isn't working properly. So he says, yep, dudes. Dudes. No, dudes. You all know I have no love for the Packers. But that ending tonight, I don't know, man. I love having a better win-loss record than Green Bay. But I don't feel right about this Packer loss. I've never seen so many Bears and Viking fans in my newsfeed, supporting Green Bay. That was a rough way to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And like I described already to you listeners, exactly what happened. I painted the picture, so to speak. I was saying, um, I'll just read what I said real quick, saying that I understand and agree that it was completely unfair, and of course incorrect, but here's where I may differ with people. Let's be honest, would this many Packer fans defend us in the same situation? I truly doubt it. That's just my personal perspective on this. Coleman responds with maybe not 
but that could be part of what makes us different, being the bigger person when you see injustice is a virtue. Good stuff. That was very well said by Tony Coleman. Very, very well said by Tony Coleman there. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. How can you disagree with what he said there? It was a, a terrible finish for the Green Bay Packers. And But here's one quick comeback that I'll say. I know this is not disagreeing with Tony Coleman. This is just a comeback against the Packers in general right here. And yeah, that doesn't. this doesn't give the, the refs the right to take the game away from them. The Packers still should have won the football game. But here's the thing, though. You know, the final score would have been 12-7, to 7, right? Green Bay scored 12 bleeping points in the game. 12 points. Is Seattle's defense that good? I mean, you know, we always hear about how amazing Aaron Rodgers is and all these weapons that he has, like Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and... and um, uh, Jones and others, and Jermichael Finley, especially though Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, who's again the cockiest guy in the league. He, he must be good if he's that cocky, right? They scored 12 points. 12 freaking points. Green Bay did not play this this uh, this way last year. To me, this just reeks of a 15-1 team, a former 15-1 team that couldn't pull it out in the playoffs for whatever reason, that just isn't as good the next year. To me, this Green Bay Packers team is not as good as last year. There's no doubt that they are struggling. They're struggling, folks. And quite honestly, I'm going to say this statement about the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. Neither team deserved to win this football game. They both played like crap. Honest to God. I I think they both played like crap, and both of them deserved to lose. But in the end, hey, Green Bay had a slight lead. Good for them took them like nine years to get there, but they had their slight lead in the game. You know, Cedric Benson actually made a, a field goal or whatever and they blew the, uh, or made a field goal, excuse me, went up the middle for a one-yard touchdown. They couldn't complete the uh, two-yard, uh, two-point conversion because James Jones can't catch, like I mentioned a thousand times. But, um, yeah. It was a bad call, I agree, so yeah, Green Bay should have won the game since they were leading 12-7 to at the time. But seriously, 12-7. to They scored 12 freaking points, man. To me, I, I am not impressed with Green Bay at all. And I could be saying this as a Packer fan. If I was a Packer fan, I wouldn't be impressed right now. No, they scored 12 points against Seattle. I don't care if it was in Seattle. They, they, could, they could do better than that, I think. Honestly. That's pretty sorry. And yeah, he got sacked seven bajillion times to Aaron Rodgers. Well, eight, actually. But seven of them were in the first freaking half. I mean, it's... <laughs> that's embarrassing, man. This Green this Green Bay offensive line is terrible. The running back is Cedric Benson. Let's just leave it at that. But the quarterback is supposed to be Aaron Rodgers. And, I don't know, they're... If, if, if that's the best they can do, then maybe they're they're just... I mean, no, I, I, I don't think they're going to any Super Bowl... They're not doing any of that. In fact, they might not make the NFC title game. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the second round or earlier this year. You know, I think they might be like the 2009 Packers. They make the playoffs and lose early. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Their their defense seemingly is a little better, is better, but their offense is is not that good. It kind of looked like San Francisco, actually. It kind of looked like the Niners against Minnesota. Not impressive at all. But, yeah, with that said, they should have won the game, I I guess. 
we're happy for them. Yeah, they should have won the game. I agree with you, Tony. 100%. They should have won the game. Mm-hmm. So good call. Good good call there. Good good uh, conversation. Mr. Tony Coleman, indeed. There's no doubt about it. So that's your uh, NFC North Roundup. I'll have a final statement by Sebastian Balls before we do the um, Detroit Detroit Lions uh, victory. Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions loss, actually. Hopefully the Vikings do win that game. It would be nice. I guess there were a few more talks. Wow, there's just so much on here. Every time I think I'm done, I'm not, and I apologize. Dan Taylor says, wow, I really hate the pack, but even they didn't deserve that. I want to be ahead in the standings because they're because we're playing better. Not because a ref had money on the Seahawks. Also, I think Clay Matthews should, could be suspended for a while. He posted a Goodell's phone number on the Facebook page. Bring back the real refs, please. That is funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, Claymaker. Oh, Claymaker's crazy. Sebastian Balls with a couple of final statements here. My goodness, good goodness, my goodness. I don't know. Why. There is so much on here. I am really sorry, guys, that there. <laughs> I'm actually going to leave these some of these up here right now. Um, I'll, I'll read uh, Sebastian Balls right here. He says, okay, let's be honest. I'm just calming down on the win. But it is an amazing win. One game, well, we're one game away from the high last year, which is well, it's only two wins. We can still go 2-14. and 14. Do I think that will happen? Maybe. <laughs> we are the only team that can do that after beating the, the highest power-ranked team in the NFL. Our defense did look exactly like the 2009 Vikings, where it was a good man coverage. By the way, get rid of Gerhardt, please. I think we still have something to be optimistic about now. Skull Vikings, indeed. And uh, Sebastian made a very nice comment about the show. Very much appreciated. That's the final thing, saying that he'd like to thank, uh, he'd like to take this time to thank Joey for <laughs> trying to put on amazing shows every week. Yes, it's hard to listen to because the Vikings are awful sometimes and we aren't in the mood to hear about our embarrassing team but you put on an amazing show anyway, thank you for being an amazing host and trying your best each week, thanks again I'll always be a listener, P.S. I haven't missed a show since the 09 offseason when I started listening, can't believe you're on show 119, thank you so very much Sebastian, I appreciate that very much, that was a very kind thing to say, and yeah, I mean I, I read that not because Oh, you know, I have to praise myself. But no, it's because Sebastian was nice enough to say that. So, I mean, they need to read that on the air. So, yep, I left a couple out because, yeah, there's just so much on here. It's unbelievable. And got to get on with the Detroit Lions preview here. So, apologize to if some stuff left out. There is just so much on there. I can't believe it. You know, that's, that's what happens in an exciting game like that. So, with that, we'll take us a quick break. We'll preview Detroit, Minnesota in well, Ford Field.
we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 119, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MP3 player users. Whoo boy, this is a, uh, whew, it was so much to get through, and I apologize for some stuff that may have been left out, but it's like, for the sake of moving on, I have to, so we have to move, we have to move on. Detroit at Tennessee, of course, was Detroit's last game last week. They were, the fact that they were able to put up as many points against the Tennessee Titans says how bad the Tennessee Titans' defense is. But it also continues to prove that Detroit Lions' offense is still excellent, which is a lot less, I could say, a lot less about Green Bay's right now for whatever reason. We'll see how Green Bay does. But unfortunately for Matthew Stafford, well, yeah, there was a reason why Sean Hill was playing. He's hurt, yeah, as of right now. There's a possibility Matthew Stafford will not be available in uh, in, in the game next week in Ford Field. We're going to have to wait and see. That's kind of that could be a game time decision. Not really seeing all too much about the status of Mister Matthew Stafford going into next week. This could be a game time decision potentially. Nothing official yet. Maybe it's like, oh, I should have waited till Thursday, right, to do the show. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's just one of those, you know, I have to get the show out before, like, it's old news, right, before the previous week is old news. So, yeah, Matthew Stafford, we'll see what happens there. But <laughs> Sean Hill also tore up the Tennessee Titans, which to me tells you the Tennessee Titans' defense is freaking horrible. But they still won the game. Defense wins the game, <laughs> right? But, no, Detroit has a ton of... Um, weapons on offense. You still got Pettigrew. You got Megatron, of course. We all know who that is. Yeah, it's Kelvin Johnson. He's incredible. He's amazing. The running game to me has not ever been that impressive, honestly, since Barry Sanders has been gone. Though, a guy by the name of Michael Lachieux was able to eclipse 100 yards and 26 rushes. Who? Yeah, Michael Lachieux. Yes, he's a second round pick. He was a second-round pick of the Detroit Lions in 2011. 25th pick in the second round, of course. And that was his first game ever, and he massed 100 yards on the ground. So welcome to the NFL, Mikhail or Michael Lachure out of Champaign, Illinois. Well, we're happy for him. He was a second-round pick. He finally played a game, and he did really well. So I guess we'll have to watch out for Mr. Lachure in Detroit, in Detroit next weekend, I guess. It's like, what can you say, right? <laughs> I'm not sure what I can say, you know? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say about that. So, yep, the Lions. So, officially, the Lions are mum on Sanford's leg. So, yes, Sanford's leg, of course, hurts in the game against the Tennessee Titans. Jim Schwartz says, we'll see how he progresses through this week. Friday will make a determination what his availability is, same as every team does. So, like I said earlier, it's one of those deals where it's gonna we're gonna find out later in the week. Unfortunately, Samford was hurt against Detroit. Or yeah, Samford's leg. He had a strained muscle, strained muscle in his right leg. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Sean Hill playing that well again. I don't know. If the Vikings defense plays anything like it did against San Francisco, I don't think Sean Hill is going to play that well. Sean Hill, of course, did play for, well, was the third string quarterback of the Vikings long, long ago, and I believe Dante Culpepper was here. I mean, it's been a while since Sean Hill was in Minnesota. 
He's 30 years old, 30-plus-year-old guy. He's been in the league for a while, but he's actually been pretty good. So he officially played during the 2005 season, so it was the Mike Tice era. And yes, so that means Culpepper was the quarterback at the time, temporarily, eventually, yeah, and then Brad Johnson took over, and Sean Hill was the backup. He only played in one game with the Vikings. <laughs> so that was a long, long time ago. Of course, Hill played with San Francisco for a while during the Mike Singletary era, and Dennis, Dennis Erickson and guys like that. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Detroit's offense is, is awesome. With everything said, Detroit's offense is still spectacular. When you look at the receiving numbers, it is just, like, horrifying. Kelvin Johnson, 10 catches, 164 yards, a touchdown. Titus Young made that 46-yard reception. He won up with 75 yards. Nate Burleson at 69 yards and a touchdown as well. Brandon Pettigrew at 61 yards. Joey Bell at 44. Michael Lashur at 34. Lashur. So Michael Lashur not only got 100 yards rushing, but he got 34 receiving as well. So, well, there you go. You know, being there, you don't have much of a running game right now. Javid Best has been hurt since... You know, since Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. And um, Barry Sanders has been out of the league since Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. So, welcome to the NFL, Michael Lashure. And I guess, hopefully it was just beginner's luck. Oh, Darius Renaud. Remember that name? Well, he's a Tennessee Titan, so I guess we don't have to worry about him. But, ah, I got a kick out of seeing that name there. Yeah, Darius Renaud. How have you been, buddy? He's not a kick returner of any in any form for the Titans. He's just a backup running back. And he got one yard. <laughs> oh, excuse me, he is a kick returner. I'm looking at the wrong thing. And he actually did really well. In fact, he got a touchdown against the Detroit Lions. That's pretty funny. There, so he's continuing to be a very good returner. I was looking at him like, what am I seeing here? I thought he was the returner for them. And yes, he is. I had a very good game. In fact, that was a messy game for the for both teams. I mean, it's just no defense whatsoever. Special teams coverage even was bad as well. And Jason Hansen, I always talk about him in like his, his 21st year, I believe, in the league. In fact, yes, it is. Made all of his kicks and his extra points. Good for 15 points total, including a 53-yarder. 53-yard kick for Jason Hansen, who I believe is 40 to 41 years old. Man, that guy is a... he He's a stud. You know, when I think of... And then, this might sound goofy, but when I think of the Detroit Lions, at least in modern day, I, I, I think of Jason Hansen because he's been in the league forever. I mean, he's the perfect Detroit Lion. And I'm not saying that to mock, make fun of him. I mean, he is an absolute fixture for the history of that team. I mean, that, that that's cool to see a guy stick around as long as he had. I mean, he made a 47-yarder as well. So, Jason Hansen, I'm always going to talk about him every time we bring up Detroit because... What a survivor, you know. I wish he could get a ring. You know, I, I'd hate to see, it's like you hate to see Detroit win a Super Bowl, but for Jason Hansen's sake, that would be amazing. Because I, he's not going to leave Detroit ever, I would think. He, he wouldn't want to at this point. It's like a guy that sticks around with the team like that struggled that long. He deserves a ring, doesn't he? But uh, <laughs> let's get to the point here. Can the, or the actual points of what's going to happen with the Vikings here. What's going to happen? Well, I'm liking the Vikings' momentum going into Detroit, and yeah, we owe them one, so to speak, and we, we always play Detroit pretty well. We, we always, always play Detroit well. I think it's going to be a very frustrating game to watch. 
and not because the Vikings will be bad in the game, but because Detroit will be good and the Vikings will be good. But there's going to be some crazy, messy stuff. In fact, we might see some turnovers on both sides of the ball. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there were. Uh, Stafford and Hill did not throw an interception in the football game, and the Detroit Lions rushers did not fumble. But, again, this was not the the Minnesota Vikings. It was the Tennessee Titans. I think you're going to see maybe two turnovers per team in this game. Minnesota and Detroit. I I hope we don't see Potter throw an interception. Um, I'm not really scared of Detroit's secondary, honestly, no. But, you know, because Jake Locker wasn't scared of them either. In fact, he pushed past for almost 400 yards. I think Ponder is going to have an unbelievable game in Detroit. I mean, if he continues the momentum he's had, he's going to be incredible. Though, my goodness, if we see anything like that Indianapolis Colts game with filled with penalties and, and, and lack of urgency and six points in the first half, I'm going to be flipping pissed, you know. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen then again. Being a division game, you never know what's going to happen. It might be 12-7, to 7, right? Oh, okay, sorry about that, Green Bay. <laughs> Had to say that. But yeah, it might be 12-7. to 7. Who knows, at the end of the game, just because it's a division game and weird stuff like that happens sometimes, but I don't think so. I think the offenses will go crazy. I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see the kind of game that I was expecting to see against the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm going to... I'm going to, just to let you guys get the feeling that, yeah, I do believe in this team. In fact, they were able to take out San Francisco, and the fact that Detroit was not able to take out Tennessee, despite Jake Locker being a good player, that, yeah, they weren't able to take out Tennessee, even though with all that offense that Detroit had. Makes Detroit's defense look terrible. I think Minnesota pulls this thing out 34-31 in a shootout. 34-31, 34-31, Minnesota wins on the road They, they in, in a very exciting football game. Again, two turnovers per team in this game just because it's a division game. And uh, it's going to be kind of frustrating. I hope the Vikings special teams doesn't give up a touchdown in the game. Luckily, Tennessee didn't. <laughs> that I, you know, Tennessee did not. It was actually uh, Tennessee got a, <laughs> a uh, special teams touchdown in the game. In fact, their special team is not all that impressive, really. They were okay, but not great. Um, my goodness. You know, Tennessee didn't even punt in this game. How bad is that? <sighs> Tennessee didn't even punt. That's how bad Detroit is. So, yeah, I, I the, so I, I need to pick the Vikings in this football game, despite the fact Detroit's at home. Minnesota pulls it out. They ride the momentum to a 3-1 to record in a 34-31 to thriller. So, yes, Viking fans, rejoice. Purple Mafia host Joey Weijan is picking the Minnesota Vikings to win in Detroit. Our record has been pretty good against the Lions for a long time. and We only lose to Detroit once in a while, and we lost both times to Detroit last year. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think Minnesota actually just might sweep Detroit this year. The Lions are not the kind of team that I really believe in. Honestly, they have a great offense, but their defense is so bad that I can't really, you know, that's why I picked the Bears over the over the Lions. And also the fact that I think Detroit's a little bit deeper, or excuse me, Chicago's a little bit deeper than Detroit. But more than anything, Chicago's defense is better. Yeah. Chicago's defense is better. I mean, obviously. 
not impressed with Detroit's defense at all right now. And who could blame me? They just sacked Jake Locker zero times. Zero freaking times. And Minnesota Vikings offensive line has been improving. Um, I know Detroit's going to be coming at us big time because they need to win a game. I mean, they're they're desperate right now. They're one and two, just like Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay's probably going to win next week, no matter who they play. I got to think just because they got to get their heads in gear as soon as possible, or their season's in big trouble. Same with Detroit, though. It's going to be a fight, and Detroit's going to make things very frustrating for us. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to hurt our secondary pretty good in this game. Hopefully Harrison Smith, Josh Robinson, or Jamarcus Sanford can make a big play and uh, stick in the dagger of the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford if Stafford plays. Obviously, if Stafford doesn't play, Detroit's screwed, but i got to think Stafford will find a way to play in this game, and he's going to put up some serious numbers. Yeah, he's going to put up serious numbers, unfortunately. But Ponder will be even better, and that will be an amazing day. Well, maybe not better, but the Vikings' overall team, team play will be better than Detroit. Oh, so slightly to pull off a thriller. I'd go to 3-1 and one and put Detroit in dead last. And sole possession at last, because Green Bay's not losing next week. <laughs> at 1-3. and three. Green, This could be Detroit's year to finish last place. Because the surprising... Uh, um, resurgence of the Minnesota Vikings to maybe nine wins or so. We'll, we'll see what happens. <sighs> well, I hope you I hope you like what I had to say there. If there isn't, I'm going to be surprised in some ways, but maybe not in others just because it's a divisional game and these teams know each other really well. They know each other's tendencies and such. But um, we're just going to have to let that... They're going to have to let things play out as is. I've already said... The Vikings will win because they'll just flat out outplay Detroit just enough to win this game. The Vikings defense will be just good enough to stop Stafford at, at big moments, and that Ponder will be just cl- will, will be clutch. And of course, the Vikings kicker again is clutch. I think the clutch ability of the Minnesota Vikings on 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 offense, especially, will be the difference maker in this football game from the kicker and the quarterback. Absolutely, and. Um, yeah, and again, the, the confidence of the Minnesota Vikings will be a huge key going into Detroit. This is a very confident football team now. And that's another reason why they're going to win the football game. They will ride the momentum to a 3-1 and record. So with that said, we are going to get to the contact details and close this show. As mentioned before, Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. Do check out the sportstuff.com. There are other good shows on there as well. Hopefully we'll be adding some new features to the website soon. The sportsstuff.com message boards are still there, but as Dylan Richardson mentioned a few shows back when we uh, did the season preview, he was the guest. He was a guest uh, guest host on the show. He mentioned that he's probably going to be, uh, quote-unquote, nuking the message boards and just putting links to the Facebook pages. So, But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we add some type of um, features to the website. We'll uh, make announcements when the time comes. Hopefully, we'll have some. I'll be having some conversations with Dylan about that in the time as time comes. It, it's it's his website and his, you know, his his bit. So I I can't tell him what to do. I can just uh, make suggestions here and there. We'll we'll see where things go. Um, so with that said, also thesportstuff.com does also have a phone line for Purple Mafia and other the other shows on there as well. 
course, do check out Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, which are my other shows, but there's other good shows on the website as well. Uh, the, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. As mentioned before, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention what show you're calling in for, which is, of course, Triple Mafia. And there you go. Talk <laughs> talk football with me. Uh, the current game or whatever. Current play or certain plays, whatever happens. Oh boy, it'll be it'll be good stuff indeed. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Go there, give it a like, click the yeah, click like of course, and then post on there. <laughs> and the busier it gets, I just I'm not going to be able to get to everything. The busier it gets, this is a huge show, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness, I haven't had a Purple Mafia this long, all very often, but sometimes usually it's about an hour, maybe a little bit longer. This one might be like an hour and 45 minutes by the time I'm done. <laughs> no, it's like an hour 35. But that's that's a big-ass show. Obviously, there were a lot of topics to get to. That dramatic Green Bay win. And, of course, the Vikings pulling off a lot of victory and a million things, a million comments about so many different things from so many different people. <sighs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. going to have to probably, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to stop my babbling, aren't I? <laughs> As best I can. So yes, Twitter. Also at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. Give that a follow. You can talk to me on there, and we'll uh, yeah, with good stuff. We'll read it on the show. We'll have conversations with you as well. Good stuff. I mean, you know, it's I like to read stuff during the game. Sometimes on Twitter, like that, you know, because it gives you that during the game feeling from the fans. That's why I read a lot of the mentions from Twitter. I mean, I, I don't read all of them, but I read a lot of them from there. And, of course, the Facebook page is a great place to comment. It's the main it's the main place to comment. So that's why I'd like to get some more likes on that page. Like, like, like. You know, i like to get some more of that on the page. It's, you know, there's just not enough likes on there. Doggone it. You know? <laughs> but there was more than enough posts. That's good stuff, indeed. So with that, we are going to close the show. Thank you again for listening. Please tell a friend, or two, or three, or or, or forty. You know, tell some people about the show. This show needs to grow. It does. It's it's got a nice listener base. I thank you guys for being loyal and being strong, and uh, you know, making this show feel worthwhile. But if you could make it more worthwhile, if you tell tell a friend or two or forty <laughs> to help this show grow, it, it, it'd be terrific. I mean, you guys are like the genesis generation of this show, so to speak, the listeners, because it's still still relatively young. It's about it's in its fifth season covering the team. So I'd like you guys to do that if you could. Just tell a friend if you could. There's got to be more Viking fans out there that um, are willing to give a Minnesota Vikings podcast the time of day. It, it, it'd be nice. So, thanks again for listening. Minnesota 3-1, and one, I hope. Yeah, 3-1 and one next week. And we'll go from there. They better not lose. No, they'll win. 3-1 and one, Minnesota. And we'll talk about that Tuesday. Take care, everybody.